Hey, it's me, Dave Stone, former co-host of the Boogie Monster podcast. From 2016 to 2023, myself and Kyle Kinane got together each week to ramble on about ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, and other mysteries of the universe. Or at least that was our initial intentions. But if you've listened before, you know that it usually devolved into disjointed rants about vans and fried chicken. During that time, we also ran a Patreon page that offered up exclusive bonus episodes to our patrons, usually in the form of Q&A sessions. And even though the Boogie Monster is currently on an indefinite hiatus, we're offering up those old bonus episodes to the general population so that everyone can enjoy our old nonsense. Hopefully someday soon we'll dust off our microphones and resurrect the Boogie Monster, but until then, enjoy a blast from the past from your old pals Kyle and Dave. Thanks for listening. All right, we're, we're doing it. You bet we're doing it. What's going on? Um, when did we recorded Tuesday night? Man. Yeah. That moonshine. I, ooh, it has taken me oh. on some journeys. <laughs> it is. I, I, have, I have taken, I have journeyed to the center of the mind. I'll tell you that much, man. Well, good for you. Yeah, it's been a, a real yeehaw time with the with the moonshine. But it was just, uh, yeah, I was just, I, well, I just, I was drunk, got up on the roof. Not a good combo. Listen, you know, don't don't look at me for a responsible living. What were you doing on a roof? Well, you know, it's uh, I think it's just a human instinct to want to get a better view. What were you looking at? Just uh, you know, I, well, I was mostly testing out the ladder that we got. Oh. It was more of a trial run for the ladder. I had to make sure it was safe for the missus when she wanted to get on the roof. Oh, okay. So I, I went understand. up there, you know, first, you know, space monkey style, went up there to try it out, make sure everything was going to be all right. And uh, we got up there. It was okay. It was a good time. It's nice to be up on top of stuff you're not supposed to be on. <laughs> it is. That that I, I missed that. I missed having the desire and the physical capability to uh, climb upon shit, to jump, and re- I used to love jumping and seeing what I could touch. I used to love climbing on trees. That was a big. I think that was a big, like, uh, youthful, like testing out your new body through puberty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, yeah, oh, that's exactly what it is. Because you were taller than you were a few months before, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the the idea of growing out of your clothes and yeah. I mean, that still happens yeah. later in life just through weight gain. <laughs> not with height. You're definitely not getting any taller. There's no, pr- there's no was... pride in outgrowing clothes these days. <laughs> I was also uh, obsessed with uh, seeing how fast I was, tracking that progression. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I got a new pair of sneakers. Okay, it's been a year since I've had new sneakers. Let me see if I'm faster than I was. I agree. I agree. I... Yeah. Yeah, new new shoes. Seeing new shoes would do a thing. That was mm-hmm. a big. That was like skate shoes. Maybe this will make me better. You yeah, have, you always had to have gear. You new gear. That's true. I, still, I mean, I still. I, like I miss gear. that. Yeah, I don't have. I don't have any cool gear. Well, you got like gear comes with hobbies. You got a lot of kitchen stuff you like. You probably got a good chef's knife that was like I think given That's to true. it. And who the guy who donated them cutting boards? That long yeah. cutting board. Now that I've been helping out in the kitchen. That long cutting board, incredibly Dude. useful. Usually I was just chopping so, up a little bit of onion for mm-hmm. one thing. Now I'm like, oh, I got to get four vegetables chopped. Big long cutting board, <laughs> chop them, put them in a little corner. 
a great cutting board is such an important tool. And yeah, big shout out to the guy. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but you know who you are, dude. Who hooks John up knows who he is ours. Handmade, handmade cutting boards. I, anyway, the idea of something being handmade always kind of like uh, something like you go far enough down the means of production, everything's been handmade at some point. Yeah. You know, the robot that assembled your thing was handmade. That's true. Or the components that, like, at some point, everything was handmade. Hand-dipped ice cream. That one always got me a little bit, like... What is it? No, use a scooper. Don't use your hand. What, hand-scooped? I think that's a term, hand-dipped ice cream. And I know what they mean. They mean someone scooping it out of a thing. It's not coming out of a machine or something. That's not your nozzle. It's not soft serve. Yeah, not a soft serve. Not coming out of a uh, a small individual pack or anything. This is hand-dipped ice cream, but it just always sounds weird. Oh, we're really breaking it down now, Kyle. <laughs> this is the, this is the bonus got, content. I got no moonshine in me. Thank I, I lost all ye- I lost all yesterday. I pissed away really? all, all day from that. Granted, it was moonshine. It was some bag of Alaskan weed that I had sitting around here for God knows how long. So I'm not a I'm not a huge weed smoking guy, but as I mentioned, my man over this my man Slob the glass blower uh-huh. created a beautiful piece of art from that the is smoke. I'm like I better try that before I go up on that roof there. I saw that. That's a rad piece. <clears throat> Excited to see it change colors. Don't let the little wi- <coughs> don't let the little magical things of your early days of smoking pot get lost in middle age. That's true. Glass That's pipes that change color the more you smoke out of them always cool. Always mm-hmm. fun to look at. Laser light shows. Oh. Weird stoner music. Get into it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have some fun. <clears throat> you want, should, well, should we take uh, some Q's and A's? We might as well. We might as well uh, cue I, them right I wish one end. of these episodes was just people would just give us some answers to some of this stuff. <laughs> that could be a fun twist. We don't know anything. We, Have you been listening to the show? We, we don't know questions. Anything. Yeah, how about you tell us what's actually going on? <laughs> that would be so much more helpful then people uh, who are clearly more intelligent than we are asking us our yeah. questions about things. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh it's not a good system we have. Mm-mm. You guys I don't know. Well, let's get into it. None nonetheless. Thank you guys. We we appreciate the shit out of you. Uh you your patronage. Sweet fools. You're a bunch of sweet fools. Part with your money for such content. <laughs> but uh but we'll take it. And we appreciate it. So uh, let's answer some questions. Kicking it off with uh, Joel Micah Harris. He asked Kyle and Dave, what rings your nostalgia bell the hardest? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, What makes me the most nostalgic? Hmm. I mean, something specific, or this might be too broad, but like music is, for me, is very nostalgic because I always kind of, all the songs or bands or whatever that I've been into, uh, throughout the years, I can always kind of uh, remember where, where I was chronologically when I really either either first heard that song or, or like listened to it the most. You know, that's uh, I was going to say music, but also double down on <clears throat> hearing music at like a, hearing like a party cover band at a, like a summer festival, <clears throat> like a uh-huh. but like a lo- like how a town would just have a local festival. Because you'd see, like I'm thinking like Taste of Addison or the big one that we would go to was Taste of Melrose Park. 
And so you'd have like all the food vendors set up. It was like a community days type thing, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But you go to the community and then they'd have a tent where all oh, whatever activities, but then at night they'd be like, all right, we spent big money on this cover band. And it, now they're kind of a dime a dozen or you see them at bars. Mm-hmm. But when you're a little kid, <clears throat> you didn't get to see the stuff that adults did. Like this is a band adults would see at bars anyway. But so the adults are there. They're drunk. They yeah. don't care about be- – you're basically seeing them in their environment, but you got to stay out late in a part of the town or something you wouldn't normally be in. Because I'm talking pre-driver's license era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 13 years old seemed like a real rock band, even though they're playing cover songs. You know, Seeing a real rock band for one of the first times mm-hmm. playing rock, like that was fun. You're full – you're like all doped up on candy and like festival food. <laughs> so you yeah. were like – you were gacked out on your own business. And at the same time, there's kids like that's what all the cool kids like the new BMX bikes or something like I would see cool kids like skateboarding in another town. There's a chance that maybe you'd meet a girl from another town. Like it's the only chance I'm going to meet girls outside of my social setting of school. True is at this yeah. in this party environment. Man, mm-hmm. I lived for that shit. I loved it. Especially that's awesome, dude. Taste of Melrose would have. Um, there was uh, in the '80s. There was a slew of uh, Blues Brothers knockoff tribute acts. Uh-huh. And they, summer festival season was high time for Blues Brothers knockoff. Because Blues Brothers was what, 79? I think so, yeah. I'm going to look it up. But uh, <clears throat> so we're talking maybe a few years after the fact. <clears throat> 1980. <clears throat> so I'm talking mid mid late 80s. And if they found out, like, ooh, these guys, the Bruise Brothers, <laughs> and that would be spelled bruise like a bruise you get after been, getting punched or bruise like beers. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was two different guys. Okay. Very highly competitive market. But, <laughs> oh, man, they got the good one this year. They actually drive up in an old police car and get out nice. with the sirens on it. Like, it was a hu- And they'd come out and do all the Blues Brothers songs. And, oh, man, suburban, that was the high point of a suburban DuPage County summer, let me tell you. (laughs) That sounds awesome. That, and a more specific thing, is the smell of, like, hotel air conditioning. Yeah. Because that reminded me of, like, being on vacation every summer and going to Florida and smelling air conditioning that's just been on forever. Yeah. And that like that and seeing palm trees, I'm like, I'm on vacation. This is yeah. This is when I'm supposed to have the most fun. That's maybe that stale carpet smell. I mean, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure it's an uh, a conglomeration of all those smells that are actually canned and probably very b- bad, but I smelled like freezing cold air conditioning in a holiday inn. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my only responsibility was to have to, to have the best time I could possibly have. Yeah. Like your parents oh, looked at what? you like, we spent money on vacation yeah. for the family. They would be let down if I wasn't having a great time. That's awesome. I remember that. Yeah, we, we didn't go. We I remember going on like two vacations when I was uh, yeah. a child. Uh, we were just limited with travel options due to mom's disability. Yeah. But uh, yeah, went to Disney. Uh, what is it, Disney World or Disneyland? I always get them confused. The Flo- one in Florida. Florida's the world. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, family vacation like 
Because it was such a uh, thing that you were aware of. It was such a thing that was known as far you, you'd see it on TV and movies. And mm-hmm. you're, you're, I was so well aware of the concept of the family vacation, but just rarely got to partake in it. But when we finally did, it was. It was like, oh, okay, so all of this travel yeah. and planning and packing, this is all just for us to have fun. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, like that. That's my job right now. That's why. Yeah, we that's went priority to, number one this week. We went to Disneyland a couple years ago, and like, there's that. There's a breakdown point at about five p.m. at the park, uh-huh. which I'm sure is understandable. Kids don't know the sacrifice their parents made to get them there, and they've just been out in the sun all day waiting in lines. I'm sure they had enough fun, but by five p.m., they're tired. And the parents are tired, but I I didn't realize like it was just a shutdown for everybody. Girlfriends were breaking up with boyfriends. Parents were yelling at their kids. Kids were yelling. At, it was a, <laughs> the second best thing behind Space Mountain that I saw was the oh. 5 p.m. nervous breakdown of everyone that's been f- put so much pressure on having fun all day. <laughs> they just crumbled. When the fireworks happened, it was magical. That's awesome. Do you have any food that's nostalgic? I do. Um, I was thinking about that as well. Uh, certain foods, well, because think about it. Like what, it doesn't happen often. Like what do I eat now that I ate when I was five or six? I mean, obviously certain, the same dishes, but I mean my mom's recipe of this or my grandmother's recipe of this or all that terrible food I ate in elementary school. You know, I would never encounter the exact versions of that as an adult in the wild. So every now and then when you do run across something like that, uh, it brings up nostalgia. For example, every now and then I might have a fruit cup, like the little Del Monte room temperature, you know, pineapple tidbits or pear bits or whatever. Swimming in the syrup. Exactly. I bet pineapple I eat one of those tidbits. every five years. <laughs> I would just eat something called pineapple tidbits. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's not a part of my normal diet now. But like once every five years, if I come across one or something happens and I have to eat one, it's like, oh, shit. It, it's so nostalgic for my childhood. Or, you know, like a really shitty frozen Burger King style chicken sandwich. I ate so many of those as a kid, either at, at school or mom heating up those god-awful breaded particle board chicken patties. But, you know, every now and then if I'll, I'll eat something like that, that's nostalgic because just all the mediocre shit I ate as a child. Yeah, you don't want it because it's good or good for you, but it's going to transport. We talked about this before. Bologna, Oscar Mayer bologna, Miracle yeah. Whip white bread with the smell of cleaning solution in the background <laughs> we discussed that before because the gym yep. the gym turned into the cafeteria in my grade school uh-huh. so they would and they, like they had those like folding tables that would come out of the walls <laughs> yeah. so once they okay the gym's done hose it down with whatever mass disinfectant we can fold down the lunch tables and then i would always bring my lunch now huh. like a twinkie a sandwich and a juice box or a milk or something yeah Let's, That's awesome. Let's go on. Um, let's go. Okay, food theme. Logan says, Dave, have you ever tried cooking with weed? Maybe some stony barbecue sauce. 
I have my opinions, but Dave, is a question for you. I have not. I and I'm not really interested in cooking with weed, um, just because to me cooking is so sacred in regards to flavor. Like I'm cooking this so I can get the most and the best flavor I can possibly get out of these ingredients, mm-hmm. and I don't care for the flavor of of weed. Anytime I eat an edible. Or it's just, it's not a desirable flavor. I tolerate it because I want this cookie to get me high as balls. But it's not a <laughs> flavor that I desire or seek out. Therefore, uh, I'm very fine with keeping uh, weed out of my culinary skill set. Like it, when it's time to get high, it's time to get high. But when it's time to cook and eat other food, it's time to do that. I, I don't need them together other than I appreciate the concept of an edible. Like I said, you know, I'll eat, I'll eat a cookie or gummy bear or something like that. But, uh, even, even when you do that, you can still taste a little bit of the weed. And for me, it's just not a good flavor. Can I give you an amen right now, Dave? <clears throat> Thank you. Amen. Amen on that. You have weed. I have weed. Smoke I have access weed. to weed. All the time. Just yeah, have I don't the need, weed. I'm not in prison. I don't need to smuggle my weed into my soup. Yeah, guess what happens after the weed? Whatever you eat is going to taste mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And while you're eating it, you don't have to be scared shitless of like, oh, fuck. What if I'm eating too much weed? <laughs> and you can just enjoy the meal as it was intended. I don't... <clears throat> Listen, it's a cute concept. I have <clears throat> zero need for it in my life. I'm glad <clears throat> I t- I've got some condiments that have weed in them. Uh-huh. Which is like, <clears throat> all right, I'm making a sandwich. I could put a little bit of this weed mustard on, as I lost several days to weed mustard. Yeah. Which a condiment, <clears throat> all right, that's kind of a fun thing. But if somebody's like, this whole meal has weed in it, I wouldn't know how to enjoy that, you know? Like yeah. do, so, what if I'm a lightweight? Do I only get to have like a third of my dinner? <laughs> like, what happens? <laughs> or if I'm if I'm really hungry, I'm going to be miserable for the next four hours. Yeah, yeah. But, I like to control those two things separately. Weed, weed, and weed culture are two. Like, I like to just enjoy weed and then not talk about weed ever again. <laughs> yeah, I, I never I never understood that. Like I get that you're enthused about it and you like it and you appreciate it, as do I, but it ends there. I don't need posters yeah, of no. it. I don't need I don't have to go to a festival. Yeah. But you know, whatever your thing I is. I like I like so having what, a new pipe to smoke out of. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Comfortable pipe instead of the one that I have to burn my nose hairs because how short it is. Swaggy Johnson asks, uh, tell us about your cranks. <laughs> Hog talk. <laughs> oh, that's funny, Swaggy. Let's talk about our dicks. Maybe he's uh. talking about bikes. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to answer the question the wrong uh. way. Uh, I got, uh, what do I got? Carbon fiber. I got, I got a, a SRAM XX1 on the, on the route down. And I got whatever the house brand, uh, dis, uh, uh, what's going on on the Kona? Is that a SRAM setup or is that a Shimano? I do not remember. I'm looking at it, but I can't turn my head. Carbon setup on both those, uh, non-boost, 
non-boost spindle on the uh, on the route down. Had to get a non-boost adapter because I didn't want to get a whole new setup. It's boost on the Kona. That's I got a bet, but that's stock. It's boost on there. As far as on the, I got a SRAM uh, Apex on the Fairdale. So that's that's all I can tell you about cranks. Well, that's that pretty what, cool. Is that what you meant? You want to talk about the <clears throat> size and shape of Walt's penis? <laughs> men at work, men at work reference for anybody that knows what I'm talking about. There. <clears throat> super deep cut, super deep cut oh. for anybody that wants to talk about the film. Men at work, feeling oh man, both of, featuring both of the Estevez brothers. What an entertaining film! I really enjoyed that. I'm scared to revisit it. I do not know if it's going to hold up very well. It doesn't hold up great. Uh, yeah, but, but it's it's still entertaining. I. We probably touched on this, but I it, I loved how every fifth movie in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, the toxic waste was involved. That was, was the big fear. Big, it's a big problem. Toxic waste, absolutely. That was because like because that's when the p- power plants were exploding. Simpsons, yeah. big big, huge part of the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Being at a power plant. <clears throat> Uh, here's a good one. Adam Santoni asked, do you crumple or fold your toilet paper when you wipe your butt? Also, do you wipe sitting down or standing up? What the fuck That's an that interesting mean? question. What does that mean? That's I, not, that's I not an option. The no- okay, what's not an option? You don't, sitting stand, down and you don't wiping? stand up to wipe your ass. See, I do. Wait, what? I don't know how you do it the other way. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you take your shitty butthole. <laughs> that's that's open because you're sitting on the toilet. Uh-huh. With it pulled apart by the seat. And you stand up and you just mash whatever shit's left in your butthole together. Like you're pressing no. a leaf and wax paper for a school project. I don't stand up to attention like I'm being inspected. My uniform's being inspected by my sergeant or anything like that. I uh, I pop up a few inches. I do a... It's hard to explain. How do you do it sitting down? First off, I fold I my toilet my paper. I separate my butt from the First seat. First off, I fold my toilet paper because uh, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I fold too. Crumple, you're going to waste some. Yeah, yeah, who's just... not efficient. Yeah, who's throwing a Charmin uh, carnation up their asshole hoping that gets all right? <laughs> and you fold it. And I might mention, with the bidet, I'm yeah. on my second roll of toilet paper in the whole pandemic right now. Way to go, buddy. Second roll of toilet paper in two weeks. That's exciting. I don't. Uh, I don't use it to blow my nose. We got tissues, or I, I snot rocket into the sink and hose it down because I got my own bathroom. <laughs> but I lean. I just lean to the side. I fold. I take four squares. Uh huh. I fold them up basically into the size of one square. Uh huh. Yeah. God. This because is awful. and I'm only doing that. Because Rachel bought toilet paper, she got single ply, like some uh-huh. kind of savage. Yeah, I don't get the point of that. Single ply. Why don't I just jam my fingers up my asshole? Yeah. So now I got to use twice as much. I get in there. That single sheet is folded over 
the middle three fingers of my left hand. (laughs) Okay. The thumbs out for leverage on my cheek. (laughs) Pinky the same if I need it for the other side. Got it, got it. I lean to my right. Uh Uh-huh. I get under there. It's, 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 the paper is over the ridge of my three fingers. Uh Uh-huh. And I go in once, deep and hard. Yeah. I think I got that whole part. Uh, come out. That, that come out. That fold part it, we're in agreement. With. Fold it. Uh-huh. Fold it over. Oh taco oh, over oh. the dirty part. Oh God! Now you got a this whole other piece to get mm. in there with the bidet. After that one, I'm done. Two wipes and I'm done because of That's the bidet. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Without um, the bidet, th- I'm in there. I'm going. I got it. Sometimes I got to dip in there five times. As disgusting as this is, I will explain my point of view uh, and my technique. My my technique is very similar to yours, where you lean to the side, I lean forward or upward. I I just, I raise up a little bit. But I I would consider that, like, in terms of sitting or standing, I don't understand how you could, uh, or a man could, well, anyone could sit and, yeah. All right, I'm thinking you you stand up. There's separation between your butt and the seat, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you got to get in there. But I'm thinking like standing up, like you just stand up and then like lean on your sink. And then your your ass muscles are used to hold you upright. They're clenched. Now they're clenched. Yeah, I get that problem. I get that. But no, that's not what I do. I don't stand at attention. I just... I, uh, I'm coming up out of a squat, you know, I'm getting deep, getting parallel. My thighs are parallel with the squat. Now I'm coming, I'm going back up and it's those first, uh, few feet of, uh, of ascension back up that, uh, that's what, that's when I uh, take care of it. All right. God damn it. This is really bad. And we got, let's hey Robert Berberick, real question. Do you think mosquitoes will spread COVID-19? <sighs> I mean, they're certainly capable. I don't know science and biology enough. Uh, uh, what what do uh, what do uh, mosquitoes carry? They carry malaria. They were saying that it was some of the flus were a thing you could be getting from it. Not COVID, but before, like oh, this swine that shit, man. That is a good question that I don't know, and I'm kind of upset that I read it because now I have to find out about it. Uh. I guess the question is that does it live how long does it live in the blood that's not being sustained by like does your blood when a mosquito takes your blood here I'm gonna throw a lot of questions out there that I'm not gonna look up the answers to, but things to consider. How long sure. does your blood stay viable, like a living source to carry its own organisms or or, in that or, mosquito? or bacteria in uh. a mosquito? How long does a mosquito live? After the fact, because mm-hmm. like mosquitoes have a short lifespan, so if they can carry it, maybe it's not as much of a threat. Unless you're just in a, again in a group of pe- uh-huh. people, where are people gathering in the most mosquito-infected states, like the South? Of course, mosquitoes are everywhere, so it doesn't count. <clears throat> I don't know. Shit, man, that's a good question. I wish I would have answered that with more of an answer in mind. That's all right. I the fact that you wanted that to with answer more it. of an answer in mind. The fact that you wanted to answer it, even if you weren't capable, shows that you're pretty smart. Uh, I don't think that's what it does, but I appreciate it, Dave. All right. Uh, Sean Poulter, Dave, does changing the cola at a restaurant 
change the experience. For example, would Mickey D's be different if they served Pepsi products instead of Coke? That's a wonderful question, and of course it would change the experience. White uh, part of the only reason I like only only reason I go to McDonald's uh, once in a blue moon is to pair their really uh, wonderful Coca-Cola uh, with the French fries. That's a good combo. And the ketchup. Uh, McDonald's, for some reason, they do something slightly different to their Coca-Cola, and they do something slightly different to their ketchup, yeah, yeah. and it all works they, in a they really don't nice... They clean little, the lines. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. Uh, same reason when I was a teenager, I didn't care for Taco Bell. Not the be- Not that... Because it sucks, and it does, but I didn't care that it sucked when I was a teen. I didn't like going to Taco Bell because at least the ones in Georgia all carried Pepsi products. And I didn't like their stupid, uh, dumb setup with the fountain and all the stupid, uh, the slice and the, and the Pepsi and all the weird wow, Pepsi byproducts. Wow, you did not sodas. like the Pepsi family of products. No, <clears> didn't get. don't give a shit about Pepsi. And, um, uh, that, that kind of spoiled Taco Bell for me as a teen. That You know what? <clears throat> I, n- I never thought of it pairing that. I bet psychologically, if you tried to be like, oh, just have a Coke with your Taco Bell, you'd be like, it's not the same. Yeah. I will say yeah. that anybody that get, drinks Powerade from a fountain uh-huh. yeah. should be shot on sight. <laughs> that is weird. That is weird. Anybody in there like, oh, I'm just going to give me a large Powerade, get you out of the gene <laughs> pool immediately. <laughs> I make. I gotta make the healthier choice. I'm going to the gym later. Give me a large Powerade. <laughs> fucking psycho. Not a chance. Oh man. Not even Powerade. in a full suicide would I al- allow a Powerade. Yeah. And it was so inferior to Gatorade. And I know. I know what your point is. You know, they're both just terrible beverages. It's not a fountain drink. Healthy. It's not a. Fa- it's, it's not meant and, to be. And it's a f- not a fountain drink. Even the iced but, tea is in its own thing. Even they know the iced tea drinkers like you don't want to be associated with these slobs. Yeah, exactly. Here's your own bubbling tower of trash. I hate the uh, the brisk tea. I hate it in general, but much less if when it's part of the fountain. Ugh. See, I see a brisk iced tea, and I see and I see a sprite. I'm gonna have that party. I'm gonna have that. I'm gonna have that orgy. There's something going on with brisk. There's some chemical uh, or ingredient in there that's really off-putting. Are you cut it? Cut it with Sprite, dude. Mm. What's your like? Do you mix? <clears throat> do you ever make a cocktail for yourself? Uh, as far as sodas, yeah. No, no. I I'm matured now. I I grew out of that. Like, but I I love a good. I love just a good Coca-Cola, if it's a good one, uh, soda. You know what else I love? A movie theater that has uh, a Fountain Mr. Pibb. Oh, I love a Fountain <clears throat> Mr. Pibb. Uh, a lo- the, probably the only time I drink pop is at the movies. There's something about, yeah. like, I got to have a large pop yep. sitting in the movie. With that uh, popcorn, absolutely. But I th- you say it's like you've grown out of it. You've matured away. Now I think I'm mature enough to understand. I understand restraint. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a full cherry Coke with a splash of Sprite. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. My restraint. I grew out of the uh, just the impulse to just pop, 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 pop to make yourself a, a kamikaze. Yeah, nobody's, that, that nobody's it trying to impress the other children from the soccer team. Yeah. but yeah, That problem doesn't exist anymore. But when Thank I an iced tea, an iced tea and lemonade, a, a, a hillbilly Arnold Palmer you can get out of that thing? Oh, Absolutely. 
Give me that. And then you throw yeah, like a then you throw a splash of cherry coke on there, something fun, mm-hmm. or a splash of Hawaiian punch if they got it. <clears throat> you usually, know what they got? Uh, usually you find Hawaiian go punch, or like you'll find like a red drink over at like a good Mexican place. Oh yeah, they got I some love of the a Hawaiian more candy punch. flavors coming out of the fountain. I love a fruit punch in general. Uh, Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles, they have their own house beverage. I forgot what they call it. It's uh, something sunrise. And it's uh, equal parts, three parts, three three components, equal parts, uh, orange juice, lemonade, and fruit punch. And uh, it's a good time. I get that. I understand that entirely. Yeah, yeah. No problem with that. All right. Moving along. This is a good one. Stephen DeSalt. DeSalt. What's the worst situation you can remember where you couldn't control your laughter? <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. I remember a situation where I couldn't control my sweat. Remember, Kyle, about five years ago, you we were at a show. You sweat? Yeah, we were at a show together that on that's Hyperion. Not, that's not answering. No, I know. I'm just, it just reminded me of this. I'm just going to tell this story where I couldn't, couldn't control. control. My, I'll tell you one, but one time I, I couldn't stop shitting my pants. I had to leave a comedy show because I was sweating too much. And where was so this? So it just now? reminded me of the same shame, or not not necessarily shame. But yeah, there's more shame in sweating, but uh, just the embarrassment of having having to leave because you can't control a bodily function, whether it be sweat or laughter. Where? What show was this? We were at some show uh, at some bar on Hyperion in Silver Lake. It was. Uh, I forgot, like um, like near Lyric Hyperion, but across the street. Uh, and like a, and a real weird, creepy stage that was about like yeah, exactly. It was yeah, only about, about a, a foot wide. Yeah, and we were there hanging out. I, I, one of us had done a spot or something, or I was supposed to do a spot, but I was just sweating so much that I was like, I've got to go home. <laughs> like I looked like I fell into a lake, like it was distracting how sweaty I was. So that just reminded me of that. You know, it was the same kind of like, ah, shit. Well, I, I guess, I I guess but, maybe the, uh, the, uh, the, the questioner was asking for the impetus of such a story. Yeah, maybe. Um, there was something recently. Well, this was something I was just talking about this today. And I'm kind of ashamed of myself. But uh, do you know the, the, it's called Movie 43? No, I don't know what that is. Everybody's been really curious as to how did, how did this movie get made because it's got all like A list celebrities in it, uh huh, and it's all vignettes and sketches, kind of like Kentucky Fried Movie or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah, and they're all just real bad, real real bad. And everybody's uh-huh. like, "This must there must be some blackmail thing for people to get these stars into huh. this movie." Or it was just like, hey, do you want to do this half day's worth of work on something that might be a crazy fun thing? And it didn't turn out to be. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the, the first sketch in the movie involves uh, Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet. Uh, both Oscar winners, maybe? And it's just... Uh, uh, yeah. I, or so, but you know the tier mm-hmm. that we're working with. Yeah, absolutely. And it just involves... Them meeting for a first date, blind date, and Hugh Jackman has a scrotum attached to his 
uh, chin. He's just a man with a scrotum and two balls hanging off of the Kind of like uh, Peter Griffin. Yes. And never addresses it on the date. And then that's, that's it. That's it. That's a joke. And uh, Rachel was watching it for, I think she was, like something she was working on. Somebody's like, you should watch this as an example of something. But I had gotten pretty stoned. And I hate using that as a qualifier for things. Uh-huh. But admittedly, I was very high. Yeah, and I sense. thought, like, you know what? I really don't get the giggles when I'm high anymore, and I miss that. You want to talk about mm-hmm. nostalgia? I miss the early days of being stoned. Yeah, when like, oh man, let's just put on let's put on Billy Madison and lose our minds because we will every time. Yeah. So I started watching that movie, and I'm like, oh, this thing's supposed to be terrible, and I lost my shit, dude. <laughs> and I, I was up like in, in in the whole thing that made me laugh uncontrollably is because every time I started to laugh, I was like, "You're a professional comedian. <laughs> What's wrong with you?" And then Hugh Jackman's like, "Oh, it's kind of cold in here." And you look, and then the balls are like real tight to his chin. Oh God, I I've, I have no excuse, and I had to leave because I'm like I'm upset with myself. At how much, and it was the I, the thing is that it, the reason it was funny is because Rachel was not finding it funny, so that yeah. I was trying to not find it funny, which made it even funnier. Huh. The whole time when you're like, "Oh, I really shouldn't be laughing," is only going to ruin your silence. Yeah, and that was only if maybe a couple months ago. So that's that's the one I can remember. Hmm. And it felt good. It felt good to have like a a full on giggle fit. Yeah, that that's a great <clears throat> feeling. And there was something. Oh shit! There was something stand up that got me real good too, and I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, I think it was still something good. I think two episodes ago, when we were both pretty drunk and high, uh, you were on such a rampage that uh, that got me. Like, I got a uh, I got a laughter headache. You know, oh, when man. you laugh so hard that, like, it, like a vessel gets out of alignment. My apologies. And, uh, I never want to do that to you. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for bringing right, joy for, to your life. I don't, I don't remember. It wasn't uh, poignant enough to stick with me. I don't remember what it was No, now. that's the giggle fits, but, man. Giggle fits but are but at just the time, giggle fits. That's all they got to be. At the, at the time, it got me real good. That's <laughs> all they got to be. A good old chuckle party. Yeah, I can't remember uh, myself the last time uh, where I just, other than that, like where I just couldn't control it if I was, you know, out and about somewhere. Um, I don't know. Mackenzie Margaritas says, let's talk fucking instead of fighting. No problem. What cryptid hybrid would you rather see? One, the child of a werewolf and a vampire, given that they can have sex and reproduce. Two, the child of a werewolf and Sasquatch, or three, the child of a vampire and Mothman. Very interesting question, Mackenzie. Um, as I've been reading on uh, public domain, Dracula, the book. Uh huh. I didn't know that werewolves, uh, werewolves and uh, vampires, kind of just hung out as the same, like in the same circles, same social s- circles. They run in the same circles. That's according, interesting. According to this book. But you figured... You know a lot of the same people. 
Yeah, a lot of like uh, friends of friends. But you figure same thing, like transform according to the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Werewolf has to wait for a full moon. Vampire can't deal with sunlight. Both, once they're in their form, feast on the flesh of humans. Uh-huh. There's a crossover there. So actually a child of a werewolf, werewolf and a vampire, physically I don't know what it looked like, but realistically... I don't think it's that crazy of an idea, except for the fact <laughs> that if you're a vampire, you can't go out in the day, and then if you're also part werewolf, you got to worry about the moon. It seems like a tough road to travel. That's a lot to work around. Hmm. You know, so that's a rough one. Child, werewolf and a Sasquatch. That's just going to give just you a- an. That's an angry Sasquatch. Well, yeah, it's just a bad motherfucker is what that is. Yeah, but now you've got an angry Sasquatch. But uh, it's already, I mean, but Sasquatch, we're assuming, is nocturnal for the most part. Yes, no? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're uh, By nature or by just necessity because it's easier to uh, live and do it? But it, mm-hmm. Well, because they're also, uh, what's, what's the word for eats everything? Omnivorous. Omni- omnivores? Yeah. yeah. They don't have to, like, just hunt, because you can't really hunt. Mm-hmm. not a lot of hunting at night. Yeah. Vampire and Mothman, two things that fly already. Honestly, mm. this is going to be like when somebody's like, oh, I'm uh, half Japanese and half Korean. I'm like, I wouldn't have never guessed. That, you know what? That, <laughs> I couldn't have, couldn't, have, couldn't have told you if you asked me. <laughs> Mothman, winged. Moth, wing creature. Vampire is a bat, furry wing creature. Both things, furry wing creatures, some of the time. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to see all those, to be honest with you. I, I don't want to pick just one. I, I think... Uh, I'm guessing there's a lot. There's a whole uh, whole un, untouched uh, realm of B-movies from the 60s and 70s that cover these hybrid creatures. Honestly, what happens if you take if you create a Frankenstein's monster, but then replenish it with vampire blood? Mm. Nobody ever goes into Frankenstein, which is conceivably the most real movie monster that could happen in the near future. That's true. If you can already transplant organs, and mm-hmm. you can reassemble, like you know, reattach people's dismembered limbs. Really, the brain is the only function that we haven't mastered. And now you're going to talk about how AI can start operating on its own. You put a, a you know a three-year-old MacBook Air in the brain of a car crash victim. You got yourself a Frankenstein, I'll tell you that. That's true. That's <clears throat> scary. I'll tell you that much. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jacob Johnson, Dave, you mentioned you grew up, uh, not far from Woodstock, Georgia. Were you aware of the S town stuff and the maze in the town? Uh, Jacob, that happened in Woodstock, Alabama. Uh, so two different cities. I was going to say S town. I thought that was like yeah. for, further south. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, Woodstock, Alabama, which is, uh, not far from, it's a little, I think it's south, uh, west of Birmingham. Kind of between Tuscaloosa and Birmingham, uh, but yeah, that oh, I love that podcast. That story that was that was good. That was S, yeah, S town before it all got before the idea of crime podcast got flooded. Uh, Joey Pancakes has two a good combo. 
First one, which two dead folk, if resurrected, would have the most successful podcast? Ooh. Now, do you choose enemies that can now argue the turnout of the thing that they were enemies about? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you're doing like a, shit, I'm going to blow it with how much history I know. Obviously, Hitler and any of his... Who was who was it? Stalin or whoever his foes were? Yeah, but you got a methed out Hitler corpse. Maybe not the best was, guy. Maybe not the best guy to talk to. That's the first thing that popped into my mind, though. If Hitler had a podcast, you know, people would listen. I, I would be curious to hear the thought process of, and again, don't know enough about history at all. Uh-huh. The emperor of whoever was the leader of Japan who decided to surrender after we dropped the bombs. Because the whole, Mm -hmm. another podcast I was listening to about, uh, and again, I'm sorry that my references aren't here. It might have been Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Uh Uh-huh. But about how insane it was to fight the Japanese in World War II. Because every other army or every other military that anybody would fight was about strategy and was about like, all right, we need, it's only makes sense to retreat here and flank here and still thought about the conservation of their troops in some way or another. Uh And Japan was just, we attack until we have no more soldiers. Yeah. And so what that, even if they're losing, the other side only knows that they will not stop attacking until they're done. So what that did psychologically to people, you know, to who was the enemy of whoever was fighting Japan in any war is just like, what the fuck are we up against? Everybody else, it's like we're pushing the line further, but then we give up a little. Then we get a little bit more. And, the, and this is just never stop. And so it was this idea of like, I would love to know that it because their surrender was not a, an acceptable thing. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear what that guy's attitude towards, like when he finally decided that the honor of, you know, that they that they held in regard was finally not enough to keep them attacking and give give into this idea of surrender and ultimately surrender. Yeah. That's curious to me. That's a great answer. Yeah. That would make for a hell of a podcast. <clears throat> Any of these historical figures, you know, history by nature, obviously of what it is, <laughs> it's the study of things in the past. So we really only have that perspective of history other than like modern history. Like we can sit down and talk to Bill Clinton or anybody who's historical figure from recent memories that's still alive, but just the concept of talking to someone that's been dead 200 years like that. I know that's just a, a real yeah, definitely sounds like more of an interview premise, idea. But, mm-hmm. Also, why podcast? I mean, are we, are we, is this like just opening up? Like, is the idea of a resurrected dead person like they're just a rotting corpse that now has a sentient uh, idea of their surroundings. <laughs> and that's why we better keep this to audio only. Nobody wants to see their eyeballs falling out of their skulls. <laughs> oh boy. You got an idea, right. Dave? Uh, who do you want to talk to? 
Well, Hitler immediately came to mind. You know, Hitler's the Hitler's a great go-to for everybody. I mean, it's you know he's an overused punchline in comedy, but uh, in terms of infamy and notorious historical figures, I mean, that's definitely someone you would want to. Um, hey, let me hear your fucking side of the story, idiot. I'll be honest. Like, justify what you did. I'll be Let's honest. Once the idea that he was just on meth all the time came out, I was like, well, that explains it. Mm. I got a fucking uh, underpass full of potential Hitlers. Three blocks away. <laughs> you know, you think well, you think about yeah. all think about any music mogul or higher up that just mm-hmm. got into blow. And that's what like, here's our next crazy idea. Yeah. But harnessed it enough and got enough people on board. Like, I guess it took some of the craziness out of like. Like, what would make a human being have these ideas? And like, well, 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 meth. Oh, yeah, meth. It's meth. Right? Man, I'd love to talk to... Imagine if you could talk to, like, early man. Imagine if... if since we're in this make-believe premise here... Yeah, I guess we're go- imagine, foregoing um, the idea of basic language. <laughs> but what if you could? What if you could talk... To, you know, what if there was a podcast guest who was a caveman? And just to, to hear their perspective of their own day-to-day life and how challenging and difficult and weird that must have been. Like, well, basically, I just, all day, all I do is try to find food and, and not become food. That's really all I do. Well, I think, I think it's less, I don't know. I think, like, how many questions can, be, can you ask about, like, and like, oh, what leaf pairs the best with the flesh of the next thing you were able to hit with a rock, you know? <laughs> oh, we're into root but vegetables no, to, now. But to hear, like, I don't know, I'm not articulating my point enough, but like to just hear someone like that, and I know their brains probably, this is also going off the uh, premise that, they have modern vocabulary and, and and can think like modern humans. But to just think, I don't know, back then when life was so hard and all you did was try not to get eaten by tigers and find something else to eat so you don't starve to death, to, to talk to that person about anything else, like what, what, what are your dreams and aspirations and goals and yeah. philosophies on life? It's like, oh, I don't know any of that. I'm too busy Survival. trying not to get eaten. Yeah, it's to survive. I think. Uh, yeah, I think like the Tesla Edison thing going down would be kind of fun. Oh yeah, from what little I know about that. Anyway, his next question is: uh, What would be the best way to repurpose those old cigarette machines? Ooh. I like those old cigarette machines. That was cool. It was nice to see them around. What? Well, yeah. How would you repurpose that? What? What's well, a product about that size that, that well, you that, would want to that's, buy? That's why I wanted to bring that one in too. Is that you know novelty vending machines are a thing now because nobody. Oh really? Yeah, because nobody's really going to vending machines for snacks. Like not like in a break room, sure, but you see them in a bar. Yeah. And now people will get them and just fill them with silly shit. 
So put put band CDs in there. Uh huh. Put you know, you put your condoms, your novelty items in there. Uh huh. So people have been getting them and making them, just like like curating them as like fun little goofball ideas. So anyway, that's what I'd say about cigarette machines. Hmm. What right, where do we, we say? What do we got? Get one. Got got. What do we got? Um, Dave and Ernest, how would you cook a fresh salmon steak? Sans bouillon cube, the ones they sold at Costco for like $15 a pound. Uh, that's a reference to the Stonebergs, Kyle, when uh, Katie attempted to make salmon last week. And uh, part of her marinating technique was just simply rubbing a dry bouillon, beef bouillon cube onto the, the raw salmon. I mean, I can't mm. criticize that. I mean, I know it's wrong. <laughs> now I know it's wrong. Three years ago, I'd be like, yeah, man, this it's flavor. It's a little, blo- it's a little block of flavor. Oh boy! It did not. Oh uh, boy. Didn't taste good. I'll uh, no. Can't dry no, rub salmon. No. <laughs> not to. <laughs> wasn't her best work. Um, eh, her intention was good though. I'll uh, let's answer his second question first, uh, and then I'll I'll give out that recipe real quick. Second question: uh, Buddha Air ten eighty has uh, Kyle, and, and I want to know the answer to this too. What led up to you uh, being scary, where you look like a seventies Batman villain with a switchblade two days ago on Instagram? Oh, that's my sister's. It was my sister's birthday, uh huh, and she keeps signing up for. She loves doing this kidnapping shit. Okay. Yeah. The uh, like we t- we t- do we talk about it. She'll uh-huh. she'll just go. What's it called? Escape rooms? No. This is way past okay. escape. Room. This is different. Okay. <clears throat> this ahead. is she goes on. She finds some company that's like, yeah, we'll kidnap you and give like it's like a haunted house except they come and get you. Okay. There's no sanctioning body for this. There's no organization to have recourse with for this stuff. She signs a waiver. They're like, all right, wait at this bus stop between 7 and 7.30. A van comes, grabs her, zip ties her, throws her in a, in a van, and she'll go and they'll take her to some haunted house and do all kinds of crazy shit to her. <laughs> Which is, and and she just, I mean, it, it's it's like a horror tourism, you know? Yeah. And then they'll be like, like I she bought me a ticket for one here. I didn't get kidnapped, but I went to it and it was like... The, it was called Blackout, and it's like extreme haunted houses is what it is, or extreme uh-huh. scare things. That's what she's into. So it was her birthday, so her girlfriend to- like told all her friends, she's like, I'm going to, like, quote-unquote, kidnap her for a Zoom meeting for bur- her birthday. So her girlfriend, like, dressed up like a like a robber at the apartment, was like, get over here, uh-huh. You're, like, like held her hostage and made her go on the Zoom meeting, and we all dressed up like kidnappers and burglars for her for her birthday <laughs> that was really funny so that's that video what, you posted. yeah all I, I just like made a little mask <laughs> and i had a switchblade and rachel's like we well, gotta have a curly mustache and so most of that was rachel's doing she knows how to you know she works in showbiz she knows how to like uh really dress the thing up so ah uh, that was funny um okay uh buddha air 1080 uh that salmon Real simple. Get you a good uh, cast iron skillet or any type of heavy bottom frying pan or skillet. Uh, get that thing about medium heat, medium, medium high heat. Get it scorching for a couple of minutes. While you're doing that, rub a little olive oil all over your salmon steak and then hit it with some kosher salt, some fresh cracked pepper, and maybe I like to do a little Cajun seasoning. Get you some of that Tony Chechery's or uh, any Tony type Chechery's. of Cajun's. 
Yeah, get you some Cajun seasoning. I like that on there. You could throw a little, uh, you know, some dried uh, thyme or something like that on there as well. Um, but yeah, get that, get the oil on there. Get your spices of choice on there. Uh, medium high heat, and uh, about um, depending on how thick it is, you just want to do about three, maybe four minutes on each side. Uh, if it's real thick, maybe five minutes on each side. Uh, but once you turn it once and uh, get that second side cooking, then throw in a little butter. And you can also throw in some sliced fresh garlic and get that butter melting while that second side is cooking for four or five minutes. And then uh, once that butter starts to melt and turn brown, then you baste that bastard up. Uh, A little butter baste with the garlic and uh, let it rest for a few minutes and boom, there you go. Got you a nice piece of pan-seared salmon. You party with capers at all? I'm not a big capers guy. I know capers uh, are very popular with salmon and, and things like that, but I mean, I don't mind if it's on, I'll get the smoked salmon and cream cheese bagel. They'll throw the capers on there, but it's nothing I'm going to go out of my way to provide on my own. So that was maybe I'll, too I'll, big of an answer. That's all right. That's what, <laughs> that's what people so there like you go, to man. That's what people like to uh, hear. <laughs> All right, you got a hard out here in a few minutes. No, uh, let's, actually, let's... I, I just checked. I got, I got a little. You good? Okay, we can roll out. You got one lined up. Let's see. Uh, Sam just said, "You guys one. ever been to a Ramstein show?" No, Dave, have you? <laughs> have not, but not opposed to it. No, they seem like they put on a hell of a show, and I like their crazy. <laughs> yeah. and he said they're coming back to the U.S. this fall. Hopefully, I heard the singer got the COVID. We wish him the best. Oh yeah, that sucks. Yeah, they're uh, they're insane. Just German industrial metal. Oh, oh yeah, I'm down. Um, they had a couple of big radio hits uh, around the turn of the century. Was that uh, Du Hast? Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I uh, I got no problem with what they're doing. Uh, speaking of music, Will Tordella. Hey Dave, I recently discovered Sunvolt. I dig them. You heard them? Thoughts? Absolutely. Dude, uh, not to be you know this guy. I've been listening to Sunvolt for over twenty years. What was that the um, early one of the early breaks breakoffs at Wilco? Yeah, or that's did Wilco um, break off a of Sunvolt. Uncle Tupelo broke up, and that's, Jeff Tweedy formed. Yeah, that's what Jeff Tweedy formed Wilco, and Jay Farrar formed Sunvolt, and I, uh, real good stuff, man. Because that there was a place called Lounge Axe in Chicago, which is like a legendary alt country Americana venue. Right before that uh-huh. stuff blew up. But I, that was in the day where I was like, I was always just trying to see punk bands. And every time, like, Lounge Axe would occasionally have something good. Mm-hmm. But, it was like, when I was going to see punk music all the time, and I would look at the Lounge Axe calendar, and it always had this band called Wilco, like, every Thursday at a local spot. I'm like, yep. who are these fucking assholes Wilco that just get to play <laughs> all the time? What's this bullshit? <laughs> yeah. Wilco exploded. And I was like, yep. Oh. Yeah, they started... As a small little alt country band, and then turn them for something. a couple bucks every week for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I like early Wilco. I, I I know that sounds so cliche and pretentious, but uh, their first two albums, just the sound, is more of what I'm into. That alt country stuff, and then they they started branching out and experimenting, get a little more. I don't know what you would call that indie rock, college rock, Radiohead vibe, uh, which they're great at that. But I just preferred the twang. But uh, to answer your question, dude, Sunvolt, yes, very familiar. You probably know uh, Trace, their debut album. If you haven't got to the second one yet, Straightaways, that might be my favorite. Uh, just a lot of good steel guitar and uh, just I don't know a real good like uh, Saturday afternoon album. They just were all Southern on. Illinois guys, I think originally. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, just just that great. Uh, just, they really captured that good, for lack of a better phrase, alt country sound, where um, you know definitely had some country influence, but wasn't the uh, typical cheesy bullshit that was in the mainstream. But uh, still scratch that uh, pedal steel itch and a little mm-hmm. banjo here and there, acoustic guitar stuff. So yeah, straightaways uh, a great one, and uh, yeah, I, I dig Sunvolt. What else we got here? Max Kapinski uh, says, What dish looks absolutely disgusting but tastes absolutely amazing? All Indian food. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> chili. I mean, yeah, chili kind of looks like diarrhea. You yeah. know, I get that. Yeah, Guacamole good. looks like vomit. Here's a good, we got um, a science one here. Uh huh. From Meaty Gonzalez. <laughs> Hell yeah. If I was to point a shrink ray at a mirror, what would happen? Would the mirror itself shrink? Would the beam reflect back and shrink me and the ray gun? Or would the mirror reverse the effect and make anything caught in a reflection increase in size? You know, because it's a mirror and reverse reflections and whatnot. That's a good... That's, if I may say so, meaty question to chew on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Meaty Gonzalez. No idea what the answer is, but yeah, that's a... That's well, a assuming that a shrink ray... Is going to take the the uh, molecules of an item and make them smaller. See, I, I don't like the whole shrink ray thing is so sixty sci fi. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> does it does it point very specifically, like a very precise laser beam? Mm-hmm. Or is it a wide? Is, you know, is, is it a shotgun or is it a sniper bullet? That's what I want to know. No idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. And if you shot it at a laser. I mean, I'm assuming that shrink ray is going to behave the same way light does. So if you shoot light at a mirror, it's going to bounce off, refract, and light up light up the thing. It's going to do the same thing it was supposed to do. I don't know. Hmm. I, thought, I thought I was going to get real creative with the answer on this. That's all right. But I really couldn't find it because... <laughs> well, what, el- what else would you shoot at a mirror that... Its effects would not work because it's a mirror. That's, I guess, what I'm asking. If 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 a, if a shrink ray is not based on light, mm-hmm. then it's going to shrink the mirror. If it's based on the idea of light, like okay, like a like a laser is based on light. That's why a laser is going to bounce off a mirror and hit the thing you aim it at. But a flamethrower, that's not based on light. That's just a thing that that's heat. That doesn't bounce off a mirror. That's just uh-huh. going to melt the mirror or heat up the mirror, yeah. rather. I mean, I'm assuming nothing other than light would bounce off a mirror, correct? Shrink ray. Mm-hmm. If a shrink ray is based on light, then it'll bounce. But I don't think it's yeah. based off light. It's based on affecting the molecules like a, okay. like a heat like a heat lamp I see what is. you're saying. A yeah. heat lamp is going to... A heat lamp pointed at a mirror is going to make... It not as hot because it well because it does deflect heat, but it deflects heat because light generates heat. Hmm. Fuck, man, good question, Meaty. Yeah, yeah, you stumped me. Yeah, you really buried these two scientists. Way to go! I hope you feel. <laughs> I hope you feel good about yourself, buddy. That is a good question. I don't think it would. Re- I don't think it would reverse the effects. I don't think it would like make things bigger. I don't think it would do that. Yeah. That now, if you Here's shot a, if you shot it through a prism, if mm-hmm. shrink ray is based on the concept of light, 
and you shot through a prism, that's a whole new world, too. Yeah. Here's a uh, good one. Uh, maybe we'll wrap it up on this one here. This is uh, this can, one we really can do, We can do make... a few. I can, I can bounce off in the back. Oh, are you good? All right. Uh, this Sorry one really that. will scratch my head here. Um, Jacqueline Parker. Uh, I heard there was a Sasquatch sighting in Northern Virginia in Clark County near, near Mount Weather. If you don't know, Mount Weather is one of these sites of the government's underground bunkers. I have read that there is also increased supernatural activity in that region. Might be something fun to look into. Absolutely, that's a great uh, thing to look into. Also, my best friend thinks that with the generation of the Higgs boson uh, particle by the uh, Large uh, Hadron Collider, we haven't really got into that yet. I don't think we've talked about the uh, Hadron well, yeah, Collider. That, that involves real facts. That's why we've yeah. avoided that one, the, but based off of uh, the generation of the Higgs boson particle by the Large Hadron Collider, that the world actually ended in 2012, and none of this is real. Thoughts. Okay. So that ties into possibly the simulation talk. Man, but that's uh, the one could... that is just past my conceptualizing. That is a, that's a tough one. What if the world ended in 2012, and ever since then, we've been in a simulation? This is the part with the idea of a simulation. Uh-huh. That, like, what, so what is it, the, is it also the same, like, same family of thought that, well, if nothing's real and your consequences don't matter because once you die, there's no afterwards, What's to stop you from being a maniac right now and doing everything you want without worrying about, like, where does the idea of morality and guilt come in? Who created True. that? Is guilt a man-made okay. concept? Is morality a man-made concept to keep society in line? And the fact that somebody knows it's a simulation, but we, in order to keep them going, we have to tell them that morality is real or heaven's real. If it's a simulation, who gives a shit? You'll die, you'll, you'll either not exist, and that'll be fine, and you won't know anything about it. Well, I think, doesn't that lend itself to, if we are in a simulation, then one of the key factors of that would be to keep that a secret, the powers that be, to not let the masses know just that. But or what's the like you said, they'd be fucking. the it. simulation, then? Hmm. That's my thing. What's yeah. the point? Who's it keeping could be, it going? Yeah. What Matrix style? This is a... God damn. I, how are we getting smart listeners? Yeah, I don't know. We don't do anything smart. <laughs> I'm going to give... I for do. The fact, I'm going to give people... A, for the people that actually typed out stuff mm-hmm. other than talk about your dicks... Mike has a question here. He says, how do you think the internet and social media have had an effect on stand-up? Will you say that they have been mostly beneficial or no? For example, when I first started listening to stand-up in middle school, one of the first comedians I got introduced to was Bill Hicks, who I believe had some of the same material recorded across his specials. I feel that's something that pre-internet would not be that weird, since the opportunity for people to hear your material would be more difficult. But I wonder if the same thing would fly these days. It doesn't. Also, not a question rather than a broad topic suggestion. I think an episode about ancient Egypt would be a fun topic to hear about. You're correct, and thank you. The pyramids are probably the more obvious choice, but their beliefs in the afterlife and things like the Book of the Dead could be interesting as well. 
It would be. It would be. Uh, that's a good one. That is a good suggestion, Mike. <clears throat> oh, it's so uh, good. Uh, the only reason I've never even considered doing it, it just seems so broad and vast. Like, where do we even begin? Well, we begin but. by you uh, uh, bringing up the Wikipedia page <laughs> and, and us getting into some moonshine and just having our go with it, you know, much like every other True. subject. True. Um, I think it's two side. Nope, no major positive versus negative. Like, think of how many new comics you get to know about because of the internet. Yeah. Like, the reason we can look back at the, the reason Bill Hicks stands out is like, man, that guy was really something. It's like, he was just the one guy who got some exposure out of legions of comics who were pro- doing the same shit, but were probably yeah. edgier and far more entertaining to watch, but wouldn't get the, because you had very, very few uh, gatekeepers. Mm hmm. To be like, we're going to let you be seen, you know? So that's why Bill Hicks gets to be this legend. And the thing I, like, I think he very much so was, you know, amazing, broke a lot of ground, let a lot of people know that you could do comedy in a certain way that didn't, much like Richard Pryor was the first one, but yeah, I lit my face on fire smoking crack. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. it. Let's have a time. That, you know, that kind of shit. But also how many people just have that story that how many people are the funniest person at your fucking shitty job at a restaurant Mm -hmm. that given the opportunity would be a hundred times better than Bill Hicks or Richard Pryor. And the idea of the opportunity seemed elusive in the eighties. I start, I mean, I started comedy in 99. I remember watching comedy as a kid on Johnny Carson, having no idea how those people started. You know why? Why do you think it was more elusive in the eighties? <clears throat> because when even like even arguably with, it was more popular. But like if you thought about music mm-hmm. in school, you could take band. Yeah, you could okay take saxophone and then be like ah, but those guys play guitar. And then there's probably a music store in your town that sold guitars. And if they sold guitars, they probably had somebody there that says you could take guitar lessons. And you probably had a lot of friends that liked music and would like, all right, let's be shitty at this. That's, you know, that's how bands start. Uh huh. But with comedy, at least for me, I'm like, it's either on TV or we had some place that was like a, like a, now looking back, was like a B comedy room in the 80s boom that was like uh-huh. in my town. But I didn't. I was a kid, so it was a bar, so I didn't know it was a thing you can go to. Yeah, I had no idea what stand. I did it when I was in uh, fifth grade at the fifth grade talent show. I did stand up. Really, only knowing it was a thing on TV and a talent show was like. So I'm going to tell jokes and just get on stage. I didn't know about anything. I'm like, I'm going to do this because I see it on TV. I want to do it. Uh huh. Which I guess growing up, like you'd go, like you'd go on a date to a comedy club, and uh-huh. find out, and then you'd go see the comedy that you'd want to see, and you'd only see date comedy, you know, eighties mm-hmm. date comedy. Where are you gonna see Bill Hicks going? Be like, you gotta do acid and fuck the cops. Mm-hmm. So it was like punk rock shit. 
I don't know where I was going with it. I think I think the internet's good for comedy is what I'm saying. I think yeah, it's good. It definitely. Yeah, I think it's good that you can't just ride one bit for ten years. Yeah. Well, and it gives exposure. You know, like you're talking about gatekeepers. Like there's so many different routes to um, success or notoriety or whatever you want to call it than there was mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago. Anybody can put something up there. Now, because mm-hmm. anybody can, it's harder to get noticed. So that's what's yeah. That's what's frustrating is, I think we were talking about this before, what's popular and what's good, there's a, 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 a vast sea between those two things in some cases. Absolutely. Stand-up is kind of one of those where anybody listening to this, the, the, the funniest comedian, you haven't seen him yet. You have not seen the funniest comedian that you would consider the funniest comedian. I can yeah. guarantee you probably have not seen them yet. Yeah. Unless you live in like a, a, a more major city and you go to the independent shows because you're mm-hmm. a fan of comedy. And I'm talking about people that have sense of humor. Not like, I'm not trying to go full when Harry met Sally. Not people that yeah. think they have senses of humor because they like <laughs> the same things that everybody else likes. Yeah. I'm talking about people... La- being the only one willing to laugh in a club when the comedian's bombing, but it's because they're great and everybody else in the audience is dipshits. Yeah. That's having a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to just conform. Like, I'm sorry, this is great. That's the best feeling on stage when you just have mm-hmm. a small group of people. Like, this is a new bit and it's kind of weird. It's also, uh, I don't really like everybody here. It's kind of a date night crowd and they're just like, worried. <laughs> well, if I laugh, this girl's not going to blow me or whatever. Yeah. You get the wild cards like, nah, I came here to have fun. Anyway, boy, do I have a lot of opinions about bullshit. I think the internet's good. That's my only answer to that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a good place to wrap it up there, buddy. You Um, don't want to chime in? No, I mean, I agree. I just, I think the internet is definitely better for comedy for all the reasons you said. Like, uh, but I, I get the pros and cons. Like it is, it's another avenue to uh, to build a fan base. But the consumer has got to weed through a whole bunch of bullshit to get to the good stuff. I still. Uh, that's I, like with anything, though. With any consumer, with with if you're going to be an audience of something good, mm-hmm. whether it be music or movies or books or comedy, like you got to put forth a little effort to find the real good shit. Because, like you said, the real, the best shit is usually not the most popular shit. I, so Dave, it's not going to be the stuff that's forced down your throat uh, via the mainstream. I think we got lucky, Dave, starting in the 2000s because <clears throat> comedy wasn't cool. So if you were doing it, and you, it wasn't cool and you weren't going to be famous. So if you're doing comedy, yep. it's because, like, I want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Not for the end result, but because I this is a thing I like and I want to be good at. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, comedy became cool, and everybody came into it. And I've seen yep. numbers of people come and go. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's real fucking hard. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's yep. like you talk about athletes that are like, oh yeah, oh oh look at you. We only see these pro athletes partying at the end of the like. Yeah, you forget about the part where they get up and they train all the time and all the bullshit they mm-hmm. go through to be good at it, and then go win the gala. Yeah, as much as comedy's like, oh, these guys are just drinking at the bar afterwards. Like, yeah, but you don't miss like the nights where it's like, all right, I got three spots. I'm going to drive around, bomb three times in a row, empty yep. a tank of gas. So there's there's work that's people don't people. Yeah, oh, I'll just go up and get famous. 
uproot your life, uproot your friends and family in yeah, your you, life and move across the country. And move to a city broke. where the market's even more flooded. Understand that yep. you have to be the smallest fish in a very huge pond. I, and again, going back to conspiracy theories, I love the idea that people think Alex Jones might be Bill Hicks. That one's fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that. One. I'll That's believe ridiculous. it. I'll believe it. Bill Hicks wanting to fake his own death. I don't think the age uh, the age works out at all on that. You don't think so? Although, no, no. Bill Hicks would be. He died in ninety two or ninety four at thirty two, so that's uh, twenty six years later. So he'd be uh, what fifty uh, six, something like that, fifty eight. You think I, Alex yeah. Jones looked like a well tanned well, Texan in his mid fifties? Well, that's true. I think he's in his mid forties though, isn't he? He's surprising. I was surprised uh, to learn how young he was because he does look older. So maybe that does work. I'm going to look up Alex Jones' age. I'm sure he's lying about it like everything else. Yeah. 46. Uh, he's supposed to be 46. Okay. Motherfucker's only two years older than me. Three years. <laughs> well, look at it this way. How old do you think Joe Rogan is? Uh, Early 50s. 52. 52? Yeah, that makes, it, makes sense. That's all right. It just came up in the... Un- <laughs> People also search for Joe Rogan, Kelly Rebecca Nichols, and Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, buddy. I'm hungry. I got to go eat dinner. Oh, date. What you going to have? Leftover butter beans. You're just eating beans? Yeah, dude. I've been on the bean kick this week. I made a big old pot of butter beans yesterday with ham hocks. Just, what are you going to do with the it's beans? Good. Good times. Pull oh, up. dude. Butter beans? Dude, all right, real quick. Pull a hot Get you sauce some butter beans. It? Oh, yeah. Butter beans, soak them overnight. All right. Uh, throw them in a, throw them in a, uh, soak them overnight. And before you get started, uh, saute you up some garlic and onions. All right. And then uh, get that going. And then throw you um, a bunch of chicken stock in there with the garlic and onions. And then you throw your beans in. And then you throw your spices, uh, whether it be salt, pepper, paprika. Thyme, Cajun seasoning, filet gumbo powder. Throw all that shit in there. Uh, then you throw in a ham hock, smoked ham hock. Throw that in there. And then I took some of that great ham I've been talking about for the last yeah, month and uh, chopped that up and threw it in there. And then uh, throw the beans in and you let that sh- shit simmer for about six hours. And it turns into almost like a bean soup, a bean stew. And it's the butter beans and the smoky ham and the smoky ham hocks. And the garlic and the onions and the spices. And oh boy, Kyle, was it a treat. Can I point out how easy it is to make uh, chives? Chives? We've been what getting do, chives with these meal meal prep things we've been doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You just chop the end of it off, put it in uh-huh. a shot glass of water. You got chives. Oh, okay. You put it in the shot glass to, to make it expand, make it bigger. It's growing more onion. Oh, okay. I, I I lost you there. So you're growing your own chives? Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, so I thought have, you meant well because to, of to how much I like chi- like how I could just put chives on everything. I love a little uh-huh. onion coming into party. Yeah, absolutely. Chives in, just on a windowsill. Mm-hmm. Cut off the bottom end of that chive. Put it in some water. Growing fast. You need them more. Just chop it. Get what you want. Grow some more. I love that. I I wasn't even aware of that. Kyle. And they go, you taught me something. 
hey, for once in the culinary world. That's great, man. I've always uh, liked the the concept of having your own herbs and stuff. Yeah. Having an herb garden, Ch- having onions and chives. You and, don't need and herbs a window, a window cell, a little bit of sunshine. All you need for chives mm. and some water. Love it. Get good times, that. buddy. All right, man. Well, we still got a lot of questions. Maybe we just we just hang on to these questions. Get at them for uh, for everybody else. Yeah, thank you yeah, for may, thank uh, you for uh, put this. chiming in with all these. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, uh, not to 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 uh, focus too much on it, but uh, it's growing. The Patreon is growing uh, at a time where I thought for sure it would shrink. So, uh, big props to you guys. Much love. Uh, really. Really appreciate the support. Yeah, there's still so, lots of good questions in here, so alley oop these over. But yeah, well, thanks, guys. Um, Dave's Kitchen uh, Q and A is a two parter. It's up now on the Patreon page, so check that out as well if you haven't. Uh, that one's same thing we're doing here, but uh, all food. So uh, answer your food questions on that. A lot of great questions uh, came in this food month on that. But cheers. yeah, big thanks, guys. Uh, stay safe. Stay sane. Stay healthy. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hell yeah, Bubba.